This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Gooder. If you are looking for some fashionable, functional, and affordable sunglasses, they don't slip around when you're out running or doing whatever you're doing, you got to check out Gooder. They have some really fun, loud, wild colors and styles, and they also have some really classic styles. I love the aviator style personally. And I have a great discount code for you. You can save 15% when you go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another15. That's another 15 for 15% off your order. All right, friends, today you're listening to episode 361, and my guest is Natalie Mitchell. I've been friends with Natalie for a few years now and had the opportunity to actually meet her in person at the Boston Marathon at a meetup we had. I can't believe that was three years ago. But Natalie lives in California. She is the mom of three. She has a 305 marathon PR, which she ran at age 46. And she is excited to test her limits and see what she can do in the marathon still. She has a big goal of breaking three hours, which I am confident she will do. She also hosts the podcast Sweet Run with her husband, Gerald, which is a great show. I was actually on that show. Let's see, what episode was I? I was episode 31. That's when we still lived in Indianapolis and we talked about my story with running, but also a little bit about living in Indianapolis. Uh, The cool thing about their podcast is they highlight where people on the show live and they've had some really cool, unique guests on the show. Definitely go check it out. It's called Sweet Run. This was a really fun, casual catch up. I'm enjoying doing some of these everyday runners who I'm friends with on the show, going back to that and mixing that in with professional runners and experts. We've got some really cool guests coming up on the show, including Steve Magnus. Really excited about that one. We already recorded it and he was just like a dream guest, a great show that we'll have for you in just a few weeks. If you do love the podcast, leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening. That is a huge help in potential new listeners finding us. Okay, friends, I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Nat. Natalie! Hey, Lindsay, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, it's so funny. I I, I'm, I always can take an extra 10 minutes because there's always something to do. And then it got to that point where it was like, oh, let me go run and get a glass of water. And I'm like, oh, shoot, it's 11.09. <laughs> no, I know. Well, I, you know what I like to do? Um, and by the way, we're talking to Natalie Mitchell. Welcome to the show, Natalie. I'm rolling. Woohoo. Lindsay, I'm so happy to be here. Let's do this. Listen, I, you know, at the beginning days, I would always just let the intro roll. And I'm like, sometimes we miss the best parts of the conversation because we don't hit record right away. I know. Um, <laughs> no, I had another interview at noon and I was like, or sorry, at one. And I was like, this is going to wrap up by two. That actually, sometimes I schedule them back to back like that to give myself the deadline. Yeah. But it was going good. And I was like, well, okay, let me see if she can <laughs> do 10 minutes later. And that gave me a minute to like go pee and get a new drink, you know? 
Oh, you got to have the drink. You got to pee all the things. I'm so excited to catch up with you. Yes, this is so long overdue. I'm so excited to have you on the show. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I am honestly very honored to be here. How's your day going? What's what's it looked like so far? It's pretty early in California still. Yes, it's it's so funny. I feel like what's well, 11, 15 or whatever. And when noon happens, I don't know if you feel the same way with kids, but I feel like at noon, I feel like the day's over because it's like downhill till pick up the kids, do all the sports, the music, the this, the that, the dinner, the homework, you know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, I got to get it all done, my stuff before noon, it feels like. Yeah, I'm I'm one. I pick up my first two at one and it's like and then I try to save like picking up the house or doing anything like that for once they get home because I'm like, well, I don't want to spend my kid free time doing that. I got to get all the work stuff done. And I'm not going to lie. I did go to Target while they were at school today, too. (laughs) You got to go to Target. Did you did you buy one thing or did you end up buying two hundred (laughs) dollars? I think that my bill was one hundred and fifty eight. It was a lot of groceries, though. It was groceries, some Valentine goodies and like some cleaning supplies. It was, I, I walked into the store and I said, do not, do not dare walk over to that leisure, like pajama and workout clothes aisle. Cause I've had my eye on this one sweatshirt for like three months now. And I was like, don't even walk over there. And I, I'm proud to say I didn't walk over there. Good for you. Cause that <laughs> happens to me. I mean, I think people, there was like some I don't know, it's like a, a Twitter thread or something happening and people were like, what is up? Like, is there some sort of like chemical in the air? Do they like drug us when we go into Target? Because I'm like, I'm going to go in and get like Clorox and like soap. And I come out with like underwear for the girls and like socks for me or whatever. I'm just like, what is going on? I'm always looking for a new planter. Like I'm obsessed with buying plants right now. So if I'm at Costco, I'm like, oh, there's a new snake plant. I need I need it in this corner of this room. So then I'm at Target always looking for a new planter. And they're like 40, 50 bucks, you know. I know. It's crazy. All the kids and all the stuff. I can't believe you have four. I remember when we first met in person in Boston, you were pregnant with Sandy. I was Sandy. pregnant with Sandy. I remember that. That meetup was so fun. It was so fun. There were so many people there. And now look how there. big he is. I know. He's, he's three and a half. It's, that, that doesn't seem real to me that that was that long ago, that, that meetup. I know. Um, what are you, are you running Boston? What are you training for? I saw you just ran like 19 miles. Yes. Um, I'm trying to get back. I'm working on fitness. I'm going to figure out races. I'm going to do a half at the end of the month. Um, I'm going to do some five K's and 10 K's. Um, we all got COVID Mm. right after new year's. Okay. And it was just like, I can't, I don't even have the words. Like I felt like I had been hit by a semi truck and I just was like trying to take care of everybody and trying to like heal. And just, it was like, I didn't run for a while, obviously. And then suddenly, you know, the cloud lifted and we all got better and, you know, trying to, you know, get back on the train again. So it's so hard. Like I always tell my boys, I mean, not COVID related necessarily, but just sickness in general. I'm like, Dudes, do you not realize the reason I don't want you to drink out of my water is because if you if I get what you have, if you end up being sick, I can't take care of you if I'm sick too. Don't drink after me. I know. And it's like they come home with all sorts all of germs things. and all sorts of stuff. And luckily I was saying to Gerald, I'm like, he had it too. And he just had these really bad fatigue mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But I'm like, can you go get me whatever? Because I don't want to leave my bed. Yeah. 
it was just like crazy. But anyway, did your kids do okay though? Did they did they handle it okay? Like, are they all good? They're all good. They're all good. Just, um, you know, one kid got it really bad and it was just like, I was up, you know, and just trying to comfort and help. And then, and then my youngest daughter, um, had it, but had no symptoms mm. at all. It was like doing cartwheels going, yeah. I'm bored. Can we like go do something? And I'm like, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hard to get back into the swing of things though. I loved what you said though, about that run that you were trying to do marathon pace at. Like when you said you got to like two miles in and you just felt like you wanted to stop and how you like talked yourself into getting through the seven miles at marathon pace. That is such a good strategy. Tell, tell everybody what you did. Okay. So I had this like pretty monster workout. I was 19 miles. So it started out with, um, two mile, like just like over two mile warm up, and then had to go into the seven miles at marathon pace. And I felt like in my mind at the beginning of it, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Oh my gosh, Lindsay, I get to like 1.75. I looked down at my watch and I was like, I am dying right now. Like this is so hard. And that's, I think, a lot of times we don't talk about how hard running can be sometimes and how hard like trying to get hit specific paces and like, you know, sometimes when you're in a race or a workout. So anyway, I really wanted to stop. I was like, I'm done. And I'm like, you know what, if you stop, you're going to be so mad at yourself and then you're going to probably try to start up again. And you're going to be like having all these thoughts of like, why didn't you stop? You should have been stronger. Like all of these, you know, thoughts that probably wouldn't be super positive and so I was like, all right, you know what? Who says that I have to run this exact pace yeah. right now? Why don't I just like slow down instead of stop, right? So, and sometimes when you're in the moment, you don't think that because us type A runners, we want to do what we set out to do. So anyway, I slowed down and it felt so much better. Like that's what my body needed at that moment. And then I did that for a little bit and I was like, okay, I feel better now. I feel like I've like gathered myself and then I picked up the pace again and kept going. And then it wasn't like, you know, lollipops and daisies after that. I still, after maybe a mile, I was like, I don't really feel like doing this pace anymore. So then I slowed down. So I kind of did that, but I did finish strong. You know, I finished the seven miles strong at the end and I felt, I did, I feel good about myself. I was like, you know what, this is what I would need to do in a race situation. Yeah. You know, just like take a breath, slow down the pace, regroup, and then start up again. So it's good. I I love that so much. And it, and it does work. I don't know. I always get ahead of myself at like mile two of the tempo. If I'm like feeling okay, I'm like, okay, okay. And I'm like, Lindsay, you got to calm down a little bit because you got to, you got to keep hitting this at like mile five. Do you think you can stay, sustain this in three more miles? Of course you feel good at mile two. And that's on a different day. Like you weren't feeling it at mile two on this day, but some days that's what I struggle with most is like getting too aggressive too early. Yeah. Sometimes your body just needs a little bit of time to warm up a little bit. Sometimes that could be like four or five miles yeah. to warm up a little uh, bit. The older I get, the longer <laughs> that warm up needs to be. Exactly. And like, it depends on the day. It depends on so many factors. So you just kind of listen to your body. Okay. Let's talk about your like history with running a little bit. How many marathons have you run? 12. Okay. And your PR is 305. Yes. What was the situation with mom life? What year did you run your first marathon? 
So my first marathon, I did not have kids. Okay. So it was like a totally different scenario than what I go through now. Um, I didn't have kids. It was kind of like one of those bucket list Mm -hmm. items that so many runners talk about. I was like, oh, I've always wanted to do a marathon and I'm just going to try this out. And I ran the LA marathon because it's a local race, my home race. And, you know, didn't train that well, didn't know what I was doing, kind of just like taped it together and paid the price, you know, (laughs) the last (laughs) later miles. I was like, oh, this is why people talk about training for a marathon. And this is why people get so obsessed about the details. Oh, I get it. So finished it. And then um, and then kind of went home and thought about it. And I was like, oh, I want to try that again. And like, you know, let's be smarter about it. Let's do it better. And so then that's how the whole journey started. And 12 marathons. Well, I guess that's one. So 11 marathons later, here we are. Um, Were you in a relationship with Gerald, your husband yet? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let me think about that. Um, yes. Okay. We've been together for so long. It's like, when was I not I know. Like, with him? What year did you get married? How long have you guys been married? 20 years. You're at 20. Did you just celebrate that? We did. Congratulations. Thank you. It does not seem real. We, we celebrated 20 years in July. Oh, and- wow. It's just been, you know, it kind of, I mean, it, in some ways it feels like we've been together for a long time. And then others, it's like, in other ways, it feels like it's flown by and like we've just obviously had a, a half of a lifetime to do all these things and kids and all of that. But it's been, it's, it's been, a, it's been great. What did you guys do for 20? Did you go out to dinner? <laughs> or you, so, or were yeah. you dealing with COVID? No. So it was in the summer and, um, we did go out to dinner, but we did not have, and we'll have to like make up for this later, but we did not have the traditional like, oh my gosh, we're either going to go on a trip uh-huh. together, go on a weekend away together, go out for like, we did go for a special dinner, but we were in in Flagstaff at a running camp with the kids Aww. and and it was like, um, I didn't want to miss it. And he was like, oh, let's go. It'll be fun. And we we had a great time. It was awesome. And so for our anniversary, we went out for dinner that night. Um, went for a run in the morning and like <laughs> hung out with people and then went for a really nice dinner. So it for us, like it was perfect. So was the camp like a kid's camp and all three of your kids were a part of it? No, it was um, run free trainings camp. Brian at Hall. Hall. Okay. Yeah. So we went to that and um, it was. I mean, I think the person that took advantage of the, of the most other than me and Gerald was Josh, our son, because uh-huh. he's high school, you know, he was going into high school. And then the girls just kind of, but it, they made it so family friendly. Like there were other like little kids there and like our girls got to hang out. So it was actually, it was good. It was very family friendly. I didn't even know that they had a camp. That's so, That sounds really fun. It was the first one. It was their first annual one. And, uh, well, now it's going to be annual. They're doing another one. But it was the first one that they had. And uh, it was so fun. We went to Sedona and had a great time and went on a trail run. We went to the Grand Canyon. And the kids really loved Mm. that. We hiked pretty far down and got to see some parts that we hadn't seen in the past. And, um, yeah, it was really fun. What is the trip that you did with your family? I feel like you were like in Utah or something and you went camping by like a waterfall. We were in Idaho. Idaho. I highly recommend this 
trip. It was so fun. So we were in the middle of COVID. We were like, you know, everyone was at home. And L.A. was, you know, very strict. So it was like some other cities and states were like, oh, our kids are back in school. We're like, no, our kids are not in school. We're in the middle of summer. You know, everything is closed. For a while, even our beaches and trails were closed, which was crazy. We were like, looking back, it's like, what? Yeah, I'm like, um, we've got to get out of this house and do something. So we're like, let's go on, you know, like a road trip. Let's rent an RV and go somewhere. And Idaho was the perfect place. It was like not too, too far, but like far enough that we got to take advantage of being in the RV, which they love. They were like, can we buy this RV? Oh, so you rented it. (laughs) Nowhere to park this car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So yeah, so we rented the RV and drove to Idaho and we were in Sun Valley and just, it was so beautiful, just so so much nature and we camped by this waterfall, this like campground, which was pretty remote and not populated with people at all. So we kind of had a lot of it to ourselves. We just hiked and ran and ate a ton and fished, which the kids loved that. Your kid, oh my gosh, you have to do this trip. Your kids would love it. It's like dirt and worms and just everybody was just dirty all the time. And like and you shower in the so, RV. Yeah. Um, okay. What's the, what's the town again though? Sun Valley. Okay. Sun Valley. I am writing that down because I specifically remember when you did that and I was like, that looks so cool. It was so cool. I mean, honestly, like that's what kids need. Yeah. And we needed it too, just to be outside, like seriously from like sun up to like, and, and the beautiful thing about Sun Valley in the summer, we were in July, it was in July. We would like, the kids would be fishing. We were like sitting, drinking a beer by the the little creek. It was like 10 PM. The sun was still out. Oh, wow. Basically. I mean, you could, it was like setting at that point. And it was like, we're never going home. We were like, can we move here? Like, we could just buy that piece uh-huh, of land uh-huh. that we saw. <laughs> it was really cool. Hey, everybody. A quick break here. I'm really excited that Lily Trotters is coming back to the podcast for 2022. This is the longest running sponsor of the show, and I'm really grateful for their support. I also really love their compression socks. They have a wide range of compression socks to help encourage recovery for your legs, reduce muscle fatigue, whether you're running, doing a HIIT workout, going to the gym, or walking. If you are pregnant, compression socks are super great to help with circulation. If you're traveling, they're super great. And they have the cutest styles. They fit into any shoe that you wear. This is a great gift idea for the runner in your life as well at an affordable price. You all can go to lilytrotters.com and use the code IHA for 20% off. Now that's a new code for 2022. So the new code is IHA and you'll get 20% off your order. And when you support sponsors of this podcast, you are directly supporting this show that lets sponsors know that you're listening and you care. And also you will get an amazing product that feels so good on your legs after a big workout. That's lilytrotters.com. Use the code IHA for 20% off your order. All right, back to the show. Um, Okay, so let's go back to running a little bit. Uh, Tell us how you got to the 305 marathon. Did you do that in 2019? Right before the pandemic? Yeah, it was actually 
almost exactly three years ago. Okay. Um, it was February 2019. And um, yeah, no, I just... Um, Thank God that race was in February and not March. You might have been canceled. I know. Well, actually, it was a... It was, oh, it was, it was 2019. Year. Okay. So you had... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So it was like a full year before, but... Um, and gosh, it's so funny looking back, like you would never think that the world would be so different. But... Um, yeah, no, I had a really good, um, I had been building on some good training blocks. You know what I mean? Like you can't, I mean, I think it's, it, you build it over time and I felt like I was in, in good shape and, um, and then in addition to that, had a good training block specifically for that marathon and just went in feeling really confident and excited about it. Um, and, um, you know, I felt like I could break three hours for sure. That was what I was going for. And that's the interesting thing about the marathon. You just never know what's going to happen. And you have to just like be ready for anything and ready to embrace it and fight through it. And, you know, I had super like um, intense GI issues like the last four or five miles. And I just fought so hard um, to get through that. And it was super hard mentally because I was like, I just see my race literally going down the drain right now. And there's nothing... I can do, but keep moving forward Mm -hmm. and trying to finish the best the way that I can. And like, you know, just like that workout I was telling you about was definitely a little more severe than that. But anyway, um, yeah. And I just, I finished and you know, it's so hard because like, you don't want to feel like, like every mar. I honestly believe every marathon that you do is a gift. It's just like for us to be able to move our bodies and run for that long, it's just, it really is a gift. So in that sense, I was like, wow, I'm really happy that I did this. And I ran a PR. Like, yeah, come on, Nat. Like, you know, that's a big deal. And of course, in the, you feel disappointed because you didn't run as fast as you would have liked. But then you get to try it all over again. So it was a good day. Yeah. What were you going from? Was it 311 or 313? Yeah, I was going from 311. Okay. Yeah, I had run 311. Okay, so yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, it's, it's like, uh, I feel like Sarah Hall at the Marathon Project when like she ran a big PR, but she was going for the American record and she was happy, but she was also, you could tell, disappointed. And it's, so it's like managing both of those things like you want to celebrate but also like it's okay to acknowledge that you're disappointed because you worked really hard for something that you thought you could do yeah totally I think that's okay to do that and I think it's okay to because I think that shows that you really care and like we put so much into our training and just we love this sport you know and and you get excited and you put a lot into it and you you know you hope to get what you set out to do and you go through that morning period and then you're like, okay, wait, I ran a PR, I'm healthy and I get to do this all over again. So it's, it's, it's all good. Tell me about like you ran that first marathon before you had kids. Tell me about like when your kids were really little, what was running for you? And then when did you like start getting serious about your training? Cause your kids are what now? My kids are 14, 11 and nine. Okay. So when Josh was born, 
There was no, I mean, there was no Instagram and all of that. You know what I mean? And I honestly thank God for that. (laughs) You know, I did not have any pressure at all on like, oh my gosh, how fast should I get back into shape? Should I be running a race like six months after I have him or four months or whatever? Or, you know, I wasn't looking at other people and like comparing myself. I was just kind of like in this like space of just me taking care of this baby. And I think I've talked about this before, but like. I had super hard pregnancies, all three of my kids. So I had severe preeclampsia with all three. So scary. It was so scary. And so I had not the traditional pregnancy anyway. So it was kind of like, okay, we got pregnant with Josh. And I was like, this is going to be so great. Like I'm going to run the majority of my pregnancy. And like, I'm going to like walk to the hospital. And like, we're going to do all these things. And like, So with him, I was able to do one race like very early in the pregnancy and, um, and then like shortly after that, around like the 17, between 17 and 20 weeks is when I developed preeclampsia and they were like, you gotta like chill. And so I didn't know very much about the disease and all of that, you know, at the time. And so, um, that just put everything on the back burner for me and made me realize what's really important is like having this baby be healthy and like keeping this baby in my stomach for as long as I can. And so I just was like, okay, well, running will be there when, when, you know, the time is right. And so then, you know, ended up going on bed rest with him and just being super inactive, obviously, like literally like laying on one side, not being able to move for a long time. And then ultimately having him like four, four and a half to five weeks early. Um, and so, you know, it was a whole different scenario than I ever imagined. I mean, I just, I just looked like I was so bloated and I had just gained so much weight from inactivity and just water weight gain. And like, I was looking at myself in the mirror and I was like, I don't even know who this person is, but I'm so proud that I developed, you know, that I delivered this baby and like, let's just move forward. And, you know, then I just really gave myself time to heal and just space. And I, and I didn't, I remember that I signed up for a marathon. I signed up for CIM. So he was born in March Okay. and I signed up for CIM in December. And I was like, Oh, that'll be plenty of time. That'll be my first marathon postpartum. I just thought, Oh, you're going to do this. And by September, I was like, there's no way this is happening. Like, I'm just not ready. And I just don't even, I don't even want to think about that. And so I just didn't do it and just kept, I don't know, putting him in the stroller. And like, I did fun things. Like I joined stroller strides, which we had in like in LA and Santa Monica and met friends and like just ran when I felt like it. And like, there was no pressure at all. And then, and then let's see, we got pregnant again. We had a miscarriage and then we had Megan and, um, same thing, you know, my doctor was like, well, let's just maybe not run because you have such a history with, mm. you know, the, your pregnancies and sure enough, developed preeclampsia was on bed rest with her with a toddler at home, like all these things. I cannot imagine <laughs> being on bed rest with a toddler at home. <laughs> it was like, Honestly, sometimes I think in life we're so strong, stronger than we think, because like you look back and you're like, how did I really survive that? Do you know I, mean? <laughs> I mean, I think about that all the time from my life just three years ago. 
People look at me and they're like, you're in it. You're in it hard. And I'm like, oh, no, I was in it hard. And I mean, obviously, it's still challenging, but not having any babies anymore. That's a whole new chapter. It's a different, different thing. It's just crazy. Like, you know, what moms can do and what we what we how strong we are. So, yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I was on bed rest with her, with toddler running around, people helping, you know, just like friends and neighbors and people just literally like I remember my girlfriend like just would like come and she had four kids. And so she came over and brought me a meal and like her kids were like running around with my kid. She was sitting with me. She brought me books to read. It was just really a sweet time in that sense, like a sense of community and friendship and all of that. Be that person. Like that's that's amazing. I'll never forget that. She's a runner too. So she totally understood. And, um, so then, yeah, so then had Megan and I remember kind of feeling the itch, like when she was maybe a year old that I was like, okay, I feel like it's been a long time since I've done really any running. I'm kind of ready. So I started running with like groups and like, there was like a, um, a local running store like near our house. And so I remember leaving Gerald with the, with the babies being like, I'm going to like hang out with these people. I need to get back with my people. And uh, so that was fun. I remember doing like a couple races, but it was like nothing. I didn't train for them. It wasn't anything intense. It was like, let's just run a little bit and do a race. And so that was fun. And then, um, and then Gerald was kind of like, okay, you know, we done, we got, we have a boy and a girl. And I was like, I don't feel done. Yeah. And he's like, really? And I'm like, (laughs) Now, I say that because he's the person when we met that was like, I want like four or five kids. And I'm like, (laughs) what? And so now it's it's funny because it was like me going, I don't think I'm done. And so so then we we were able to have Elle. It took a long time. We didn't think she was going to happen. I really call her my little angel baby. And um, so, yeah, so we had Elle, which was the sweetest thing and such a gift. And she was the that was kind of like the most traumatic pregnancy. So we'd gone in and talked to my doctor and he was like, I give you my blessing that you can try to have this third baby, but I'm not going to guarantee that like, it's not going to be more bed rest. And if you guys are up for all of the things that could possibly happen, but, but he's like, I, 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 you're healthy and strong and I, and we can get through this, but like, let's just approach it cautiously. So we got pregnant with her and I was like, I'm not running at all. Sure enough, was on bed rest with her and then had two kids at home and all this stuff. Um, and then we had her seven weeks early and she was only three pounds, nine ounces. So it was very and it was it was a very like emergency C-section, like crazy um, delivery. But, you know, she was healthy and we she had to, they all stayed in the NICU. All of them. Just all of them. Like at the end, when we had L, like I intimately knew the NICU nurses, yeah. like they were like hugging me, oh, like you're back, you're back. We're going to take care of your baby. Like, don't worry. Oh, it was so hard. It really was hard. It I never can't got imagine. I can't imagine. No, there was no traditional, like have the baby stay in the hospital for a day or two and go home. It was like have the baby, have them traumatically take the baby, like make sure the baby is breathing and that they're like getting their weight. And, and then like they would finally release me. And then I was like going back and forth to the hospital to see the baby all the time, you know, all throughout, throughout the day and like taking care of the kids and like pumping milk. And 
So there was no time for running. I was like, what is that? But anyway, so then when Elle was like 18 months old, I really did kind of feel like I had been, I had been running. I had been training before that. Maybe when, when she was maybe, I don't know, 14 or 15 months old, I was like, I want to just try a race and see how it goes. I just feel like I need that normalcy back. We're not having any more kids. So then I ran a marathon when she was 18 months old. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so that, that seems was, like a healthy, that seems healthy. I mean, not jumping the gun or anything like that. Yeah. It felt good. I mean, it was kind of like, I felt super proud. Like when I crossed, it was my first marathon post kids. And I crossed that finish line and I looked at these babies sitting oh. there looking at me. And I was like, wow, you know, we did this. We all did it together. It wasn't just me, you know, and it was pretty cool. Oh, that is so cool. Okay. So do you remember what you ran that marathon in? Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 332. Oh, so it was fast. You trained for it. I trained for it. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I didn't like go crazy training for it cause I just didn't have the time, but I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I didn't have a coach or anything. I just got a program and I was like, I'm going to train for it, you know, and see what happens. And, um, I didn't know, you know, um, what Cut to yourself expect. A BQ. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Have you worked with coaches over the year, years since then to get down to 305? And who have you worked with, if, if so? Yes, I've had two coaches. Um, I had my first coach, Mark Hadley. Oh, uh, I, I remember him. when he was like blowing up. That was like oh. back in the day, like before, in, like right when Instagram started and like, I was on Twitter and I feel like it was like, I have all these people like Laura Anderson who are like my Twitter OGs that we were just like, you know, in the running community and then Instagram starts. But that, that's when Mark Hadley was like really blowing up. He was really blowing up and his daughter, uh, Alana was, you know, big into with her running career and just, he had a ton of, I mean, he still think does have a ton of athletes. He's a great coach. So he was became my friend and my coach, um, and he coached me for over four years. Okay, it was my first coach since college, um, and I just remember, like you know, I did I had you know I had that first one after I had all the kids, and then I did maybe a couple more, and then I was like, oh, you know, I kind of feel like maybe I should really see what I can do, and like maybe there's something else than just a plan off of RunnersWorld.com or whatever. <laughs> And I had, you know, gotten on social media and like you hear about things and I had heard about him. And I, so I reached out and, um, and so, yeah, so we started working together and then we were just like chipping away. So, you know, I just did the whole progression, like first one back with 332, which was on my own, <clears throat> hired him. And then I think it was like 326, 323, you know, like 318. It literally was like a walk down, like three it might have been 318 to 311 that's and then and then the 305 so and then there was like a knee surgery in there as well which kind of derailed things a little bit but yeah it was good so I had Mark and then um and then I remember this so well I remember running the Boston Marathon I had taken all the kids with me which I know people say is crazy but we (laughs) did it hey I'm (laughs) all for a family trip it was so fun. We took them twice, actually. And, it, you know, I would I don't regret it at all. They loved it. Anyway, so 
I had run the Boston Marathon 2017. I was sitting in my backyard um, talking to Mark, like doing like a post-race analysis. And I had this little like fire in my belly. And I was like, I really want to see what I can do in the marathon. I know it's going to take a long time and, you know, whatever, but I just kind of, I'm, I'm kind of in like, let's, let's see what we can do. And so that was kind of where it started as far as like really being a little more serious. And, um, what happened after that? We just kept training and chipping away. And, and I just, you know, of course I really wanted to break three hours and hadn't done that yet. And then, yeah, Mark, you know, we, we worked together for four and a half years and then I just, made a change. You know, sometimes change is good. You kind of see what else is there and have the utmost respect for him and still check in with him and say, Hey, how's it going? You know? Um, and then I started working with Ryan Hall. And so I, oh, okay. you know, which was pretty funny. I mean, it was really a cool, um, way that we met. He had just pretty much started run free training and I'd heard about them starting this company, this coaching company. And I was like, oh, this is, let's see what this is about. So I jumped on the phone with him and Jay Stevenson, his, um, they started the company together and we had a great conversation. And, um, and so he was like, I know how busy he is, right? He's got so much going on. And he's like, I'm going to train you. I want to coach you for this particular training block that I was, it was like a handful of months. And I was, my jaw kind of dropped and I thought, oh my gosh, this is pretty incredible. Like I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to soak all this in. And so it was an, a really great experience. I mean, you know, he was just like such a great coach, so energetic. He has so much knowledge. I mean, come on, he's like the fastest, you know, half um, marathoner that we have in, in the U.S. and has so much experience. So I just like gleaned off of all of that he was giving me. I was just like, I am your student. I want to learn everything. And so that was really incredible to just be able to learn from him and, and talk to him. So that was like three or four months. And um, and then I ended up, so yeah, I've had three coaches. So and then I went from Ryan to my current coach who's at Run Free Training, who is Jared Carson. Okay. And he's my, he's been my coach for the last two years and we are having so much fun. He is so cool. Such a great coach, you know, has his own impressive running resume. He's qualified for the Olympic trials and, um, yeah, he, he, he just gets me like, you know, and like he challenges me. He doesn't, you know, I feel like he's like, you're capable of whatever it is that you want to do. So let's do this. You know, and he's just very like supportive and encouraging and like tough when he needs to be. So it's a really good fit for me. How do you like stay motivated though? Cause I guess after you ran your 305 and then, you know, a year later, there weren't really any races for a while and things like that. But like, did you take a little bit of a break after that 305? I am asking, I have, I am having a really hard time getting motivated to want to run hard. And I want to, again, like I hearing you talk about the 305, even though it was a disappointment, it was a PR and you know, all these things. I'm like, I want to feel that all those emotions again, but like, I cannot get myself motivated to want to put the work in. Yeah. But your kids are still like young, Lindsay, like you're going to get the, I, I mean, I think if that's, if you want to do it, like just give yourself time and like in the mental space to like get through 
all the things that you're doing with your kids. And like, then the light bulb will come on when it's the time is right. And you'll be like, okay, now is the time. But like, yeah, so I ran the 305. It was like in February. And I remember just like really wanted to recover well and just mentally recover from the effort. Um, And then I was like, okay, like there's so much left in the tank. Yeah. I have so much left to untap. So let's use this as a benchmark and springboard off of all of this training and like just let's propel forward. So that's, that's you know, what I did. Um, what I've learned from that point, which was three years ago to now, is that I really need needed to work on being fast. Like, yes, you have to do the marathon specific work and all of that. But I'm like, how fast can I run? And I realize I'm like, I'm not that fast. <laughs> not that fast. Like if you go to a 5K. Yeah. Those are tough for me and 10Ks and, and that. And I and so we kind of like, you know, eventually I got to the point where I kind of needed to like deconstruct everything that I thought that I was doing that was, I mean, it was all good, but I needed to look at it in a different way. Yeah. And Gerald and I, you know, I love that because I can bounce so many things off of him. And he's like, you need to like get strong. Like mm. you need to work on like running a fast 200. You need to work on like lifting, you know, your lower body more and just developing some different, cause like maybe you're just like at a, a point where you're just like plateauing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So we talked about that. So that's, you know, what I really started in, and that's what Jared and I have been, it's funny because I like have, it's so funny when I'm texting because I'm like, am I texting my husband Gerald or like Jared, my oh, coach? Oh, Jared, your coach. Better <laughs> double check that. <laughs> but with Jared, my coach, that's what we've really been working on. Just getting strong, like really working on the core, like and, and for the first time, like in this last little like, you know, year or two, like really hitting the cross training hard. Um, that harder, like I hadn't really done that much cross training before, like within the, the running and all that, the training. So yeah, I think those things are going to make a big difference in the lifting and all of that. Hey friends, one more quick break here to thank Koala Clip for supporting this episode of the podcast. Koala Clip is the best way to carry your phone on the run. Seriously, I have been running with the Koala Clip on pretty much every single run and race I do for maybe three years now. It's been a while. It is so easy. You just put your phone in there. You can also put a key or your ID or a couple dollars, whatever you need. You can put that in your Koala Clip and take it on the go with you. I just tuck it into my Razorback sports bra, which by the way, the new sports bras that Koala Clip have, that's my new favorite sports bra. It's like the perfect amount of padding, not too much. Very supportive, very comfortable. This material is amazing. And they also have uh, leggings and apparel as well, like really cute sweatshirts and t-shirts and tank tops. I actually got my sister one of the sweatshirts for Christmas and a new koala clip because every time she comes over here, she's like, hey, can I borrow one of your koala clips when she goes to run? So I told her she needs a backup. You all can save 10% on anything at Koala Clip when you go to koalaclip.com and use the code ANOTHER10. That'll get you 10% off your order. And you are supporting a woman-owned small business when you do that. Christina, the founder, she's incredible. She had this dream. She made it happen. And this is her small business. 
I love supporting small businesses. That's koalaclip.com. Use the code ANOTHER10 for 10% off your order. All right, back to the show. So, so right now you're focused on like shorter stuff, getting stronger, all that. Yeah, I mean, all of that to lead to the marathon. And like okay, a marathon's yeah. going to happen. It's going to happen like in the fall probably or later. in the spring. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um cuz I mean, I think when you start, you know, doing 18 and 19 mile runs, you're like, okay, I'm fit for it. Like I could go I'm do cool. it right now if I need it to. Yeah, for sure. So, um so it's been fun to just kind of like you know, work toward that with the shorter stuff and, and it'll be interesting to see how that all adds up and what it pans out to be. So I'm excited about it. Um, okay. So we have to talk a little bit about coaching. What does that look like for you? Like you coaching your, you're coaching your son's team, right? Yes. So I coached their cross country team this fall, which was really, really, um, not only was it fun, it was, an invaluable experience. Mm. Like I just learned so much, you know, I had been coaching middle school before that. And so when you get to high school, it's a totally different world. Um, because you've got kids, you know, that are 14, you've got kids that are 17 and and all in between. And so, um, I learned a lot as a coach. It was so rewarding, um, working with these kids through highs and lows and ups and downs of races. And, um, yeah, I was like, this is, this is good. I, you know, and, and I would run with them on their easy days and, you know, hanging out with these, these boys, which they were just like, you know, I love that they embraced me and they're like, all right, Mrs. M-. Well, they call me coach, coach Mitchell. Oh, so it was fun. Yeah. Are you going to do it again? I would love to do it again. Okay. I, I would love to do it again. You know, I was um, talking to a woman um, that I went to school with that was on our show, who's a coach and and I kind of feel the same way that she she does because she was saying, I don't want to, since I am a coach and I am a runner and I'm coaching my son's team, like if any way possible, I don't want to miss out on this opportunity to mm. be able to follow him and coach him through his high school career. And that's how I feel about with Josh. So I'm like, if 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 that's in the cards, like I, I want to do that. Do the girls run too? So <laughs> Megan... Not so much. So Megan's my 11 year old. She's more like beach volleyball, uh-huh. soccer um, type of girl. And she knows she has to run to be good in soccer, but she kind of doesn't like it right now. Elle is my runner girl. She does like to run. Um, I feel like lately in the last couple of months, she hasn't run that much with me. But like once she gets like into it, she's like, can I come with you? Can I come with you? So she likes to to run with me. How far will she go with you? I can't get my kids to even run a mile with me. She'll go like two miles. Okay, two miles. I could maybe get my nine-year-old to do two miles. Maybe. There'd be a lot yeah. of complaining. Is that Marshall? Yeah. So he and Elle are the same age. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So yeah, that that's about right. Um, two miles and then they're kind of done. Yeah. Like after that. And then I don't know, it'll be interesting to see as she gets a little older because I can see her. She just has such a natural gait and stride about like, she just looks like she's super comfortable running. So I'm like, I didn't look that comfortable when I was nine. Uh-huh. So we'll see. Um, okay. Let's talk about Sweet Run podcast and why you guys started it, how it's going, what are your feelings, all the things. 
Man. Oh my gosh, Lindsay, like podcaster to now, you know, me being a newbie podcaster to a veteran podcaster. Yeah. It has really been a journey, like in the best way. I'm so glad that we did this. I think when you, as an entrepreneur, when you start any kind of business, it is so hard, Mm -hmm. right? It's easy to sit there and say, I want to do this and I want to do that. And then to actually put the pen to the paper and then execute from there is, can be tough. So, um, we went through our aches and pains with Sweet Run in the beginning. We loved the idea. Um, and just making it work and putting it all together was tough. And I and I love to say that because I don't want to sugarcoat, you know, yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, like we just like started this business and it was so great. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, then the pandemic happened and everything was put on hold and we were kind of like, I had had a second knee surgery and we were kind of sitting there going, okay, I've always wanted to start a podcast, but I just didn't know what I really wanted to like focus on or like what I could bring to the table of what was already out there. And I had been thinking about it. And then Gerald was like, why don't we do Sweet Run as a podcast? Like, there's your idea right there. Like, let's develop it into a podcast. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. That's a great idea. And this is the perfect time because I'm not running. I we need to do something. We're stuck in the house, and this is the perfect time to do to start this venture. So yeah, started it um, first episode November of 2020, and okay. um, yeah, that was um, that was the start of it. It's been real. It's been a great journey. Like we have met so many incredible people that you probably wouldn't talk to for an hour, you know. And gotten to know them and where they live, of course. And we love to travel. So it's like the perfect combination with the running and travel. Um, It's, yeah, we're really having fun. I think that that is probably one of the greatest gifts that I've, I feel like I've gotten out of podcasting is the long form conversations with people that you just wouldn't have otherwise because it just wouldn't pop up anywhere else. And I think that those connections, those like deep human connections with the conversations, like in my day-to-day life, I just wouldn't get that with so many different people. And you learn so much from them too. It really is a gift. Yeah, it really is. And like, I mean, you think about like, I mean, some of the people that we've been able to talk to, who are at the top of their field. And you know how this is like they're at the top of their game and like they agree to talk, to spend their precious time talking with you. And you're just like, man, this is such a gift. Like I wouldn't have known this about this person or had this interaction with them. And like, I've kind of, you know, admired your work in the sport from afar. And now to sit and talk with you is, is really, it's a gift. Yeah. I, and I appreciate that. Um, Okay, so we're going to look for you to do a spring or a fall marathon. Yes. And can you tell everybody how old you were when you ran the 305? Yes, 46. And you're going after three hours, aren't you? Oh, I'm looking to – I really want to break three hours and then go – once we do that, then we're going to go beyond that. And you're 49. I am. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. I mean, I need to hear that. You know how you said to me, like, just give yourself some time. I th- I guess I get think I get scared that, like, once I get there, like, so say, for instance, once my youngest is in kindergarten, which would probably be a fairly ideal time for me to, like, say, okay, now I'm going to train for something serious. Um, 
that I like just won't have the desire anymore. And then I'll just like hang it up forever. Not working out, not running. I'm, I'm always going to do that as long as I can. But like I'm just worried if I wait too long, that desire will just be totally gone. I mean, I think you're doing the right thing. Like you're running, you're getting good miles in, you're doing it on your terms. You're, I see your garage gym, you're lifting and all those things. You're, so you're staying strong. So that's the important thing. You're keeping the base. And then the mental part of it or the desire, yeah, I mean, ultimately it's up to you. Like if, I mean, you obviously have to want to do that because it takes a lot. You're putting in a lot. And and if you end up not wanting to, that's that's totally fine. And if you do, then I think you should definitely go for it and like don't let anything hold you back. And you know, we you know, we live in a world where there's such an emphasis put on age and what we can do or what we can't do and like all of these things and like look, I'm not saying like age doesn't affect you at all. I mean, I'm not trying to go to the Olympics. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, that's not going to happen. That was never going to happen anyway, even at 25. I'm just not that talented. But there's so much that you can do. I just had an interesting conversation with a 78-year-old man who I had met at a dinner party year, a couple years ago. And he ended up calling me because he wants to talk to me about coaching. And he was like, look, Natalie, he's incredible. He's incredible. I'm going to have him come on the podcast. Anyway, that's awesome. He's like, look, I'm 78 years old and I still have so much I want to do. He was like, I want to run fast on the track. He's like, I don't think my marathon time is like where I wanted to be. He's saying this to me. And I was just like, I did not have anything to say. My jaw was just dropped and I was just listening and taking in his wisdom. And I'm like, you do you really want to look back and be Nat? I'm saying this to myself and be 78 and and say to myself, oh my gosh, at 48, 49 years old, you were so young and capable yeah. and healthy. Um, but that being said, I mean, I feel so good. That's amazing. I, I really do. Like I I don't like I don't wake up in the morning and and like, you know, hobble out of bed and be like, oh my God, you know. Well, I, I mean, yes, sometimes you're like, I don't feel like getting up because I didn't get enough sleep or whatever. But I mean, I feel so good and like I feel stronger than I probably ever have. That's so felt. cool. So I'm just going to go with it. That I love that. Do you, what do you think is attributed to that though? Are you like, are, do you pay really close attention to what you eat and put into your body and things like that? I do, but from an athlete's perspective, not an age perspective. Yeah. Like I know that like, well, we've always really liked to cook. Like Gerald loves to cook. I love to cook. And we enjoy eating at home more than we do eating out. So we've always been that way. And so I love coming up with new recipes and ideas for us and the kids. And I know it's going to fuel me well for training. So yeah, in that sense, I, I I think about what I eat, but I don't like overthink it. And you know, it's interesting. So I have to go back to this story really quick because it's an yeah. age thing too. Do it. So I told you I had L, my youngest, and I had to go on bed rest. Well, I was turning 40. Oh, you were and when you I had was L. Turning, yeah, I was 39 when we got pregnant and I was turning 40. Okay. And so Gerald had like planned this 40th birthday party for me. And 
we had to cancel it because I had to go on bed rest and I was like feeling really stressed out. And I was like, I just can't do this. Like, I just like, just cancel it. And I say that to say, and like, it's funny. Cause I had some people go, you know, say, kind of say like, Oh, you know, was it an, an oops pregnancy? Cause you're 40. And I was like, no, we totally planned this. Um, and I say that to say like, and everybody's path looks different and everybody has, you know, different ideas about age and what they want to do or whatever. But like, if you're open to the possibility that anything is possible in life, it's like I had this beautiful little nine-year-old girl and like, she gets to see me like be an athlete and like work really hard toward these goals. And she's like, mommy, you're like the best runner in the whole world. Like, you know, she has, you know, so cute, but it's so neat to like, be a role model in that sense for them, especially for the girls and for Josh too. Like he, you know, he, he gets to see like this strong mom. That's like, not just like the mom who's like cooks and like takes them everywhere, but like, who's like running with him and his friends and like really kind of destroying them at times, you know? And like when I'm running with the team and I'm like, you know, we're running 10 miles and or seven miles or whatever. And they're like tired. And I'm like, come on. And, and then, so things like that, it's kind of neat to show them that anything is possible. It's it's pretty badass. And you're not like a young mom. Like you said, you you were 40 when you had Elle. Yeah, totally. And I don't say that negatively. I just think that people can like view it like, oh, I didn't have my kids till I was this age and I'm tired and you know, all these things. And it's like, I just think your perspective on this is like so healthy and honestly, because I'm a freak about age and I'm like already freaking out about turning 40. It's like very encouraging to me. Yeah, no, I, I think that, um, I think that we can, we can carve out our own path about like what we think about ourselves, how we view ourselves, you know, and like, you know, it it paves the way for what we, what we think we can and cannot do in life. You know, I mean, I, I could have said, because if you really think about it, you're, you know, and it's like, when I was 45, I hadn't achieved a PR in the marathon yet. Like, I think so many people would say, I mean, come on, like, it, it's over for me. Like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to like, my fastest days are behind me. Like, I'm not going to be able to run, you know. And it's neat, too, because we're we're living in a world where that's slowly starting to go away. I agree, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm peers now with people like, Gabrielle Union and like Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, and I say that since the people know them who are redefining what 49 looks like and how beautiful inside and out, you know, and all the things that they're doing and accomplishing as an entrepreneur. And so I think when my mom was that age, you know, 49 was old, you know, was super old and it was kind of like oh you should just like take care of your kids and like nurture them and like be kind of done and now badass women are saying like screw that there's so much left that I can do and I'm going to do it um okay what is something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet write a book Ooh, do we know like can you spill a little bit about topic Yes, I think I have to, and I've talked about this a little bit, but, um, so I, um, am working on, and you know, it's so funny with books. Sometimes you get really into it and then you have to shelve it for a little bit or you, things come up, but, um, working on a children's book about running. 
Okay. And, um, and I got really into it and I was like, I'm going to make this happen. And I got stuck on the illustrator portion. So if anyone listening knows of, or is an illustrator, I'm looking for not an animated type of illustrations, but very real life, like watercolor type of soft that can capture the magic of the West and California where I live, the mountains and the palm trees and all of that. So anyway, that's where I am. I'm looking for the right illustrator to, to work with, but, um, it's going to be Josh is the protagonist and, um, it's just a beautiful story about a boy discovering long distance running in the mountains where we live. Oh, I love it. I hope that you find the perfect illustrator. Maybe, I mean, maybe somebody listening. Why do I have tears in my eyes? This is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, maybe somebody listening has a connection or knows someone that would be perfect for it. So I'm glad that you said that. You're going to make me cry now. <laughs> I can cry at the drop of a hat. It's like. It's just so anyway. beautiful. I And I think that that's so cool. So like, you know, you're leaning into like your feelings on your son and his running and your community and where you live and you have this idea and it's like it can be an idea or it can be what you are dreaming it to be. Absolutely. And you know, my birthday happened in December and I was kind of like, this is my last year of my forties, which felt very weird to say that out loud. And I'm saying it now on your show out loud, <laughs> but I was kind of like, all right, let's kind of make some clear cut goals here for this year. And I think one of those is to like, let's get this book off the ground and like either have it published or be close to like really moving forward in this year and, and feel like I've made some gains. So that's, I'm putting it in the universe. Mm, I love it. Um, okay. Who's someone fun, motivating or inspiring to have coffee, tea or cocktail with? Okay. I knew you were going to ask this because <laughs> I listened to your show. I love your show. Thank you. And, um, okay. There's so many people and every day it changes, but in the theme of Super Bowl Sunday, that's coming and it's in LA and the whole city is like in an uproar oh, about so having fun. Super Bowl. And I've already posted about this, but I'm going to say Mary J. Blige. Ooh, that's a good one. Isn't that a good one? Are you more excited about the game or the halftime show? So most years, I would say definitely the halftime show. This year, because the Bengals are playing and I'm an Ohio native. Okay playing my hometown. I'm really excited about both. Okay. Well, so it's, it's Mary J. Blige, Snoop Dogg and Eminem. Right? I think so. As soon as they said Mary J. Blige, everything else was like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Um, well, the last time I saw Eminem perform, I not in person, but like at an awards show, he just looked like he, very out of breath. Like Eminem, Go run a couple 5Ks. Get some right. lifting going on here. <laughs> so I'm wondering if he's... Because I imagine to rap on... Like you have to be like... Like you got to have some energy. Like the breathing. Yeah, that's a whole like conditioning. You need to be in shape because you're like jumping around the stage. You're doing all this stuff. And like... And to, you know, to have the rap lyrics in your mind and like pump up the crowd. Like you need to be marathon training for that. I'm excited to see like what this ends up being. I'm very excited. I'm not, I don't even remember who performed last year. Was it Katy Perry? Oh my gosh. 
What was the year that Shakira and JLo and everybody performed? freaked out? Yeah, um, that was a couple years ago. That was a couple years ago. I just hope that they make it kid appropriate. Like, yeah. I don't want to sit there and then be like, oh, my gosh, I don't want my kids to see this. Like, well, I know. And I remember people like lashing out at people like me who were like, oh, maybe that was a little much with JLo and Shakira. But also, like, if you do have like a 10 year old boy watching and you're like, you wouldn't necessarily want them to watch that. I don't know. I mean, it is kind of, you do kind of look at it through a different lens. I kind of think, especially if you have little boys, like, do I want my 10 year old boy to like, look at a woman that way right now? I don't know, you know? And I'm super conservative on that front. So I'm a definite no. Yeah. I don't want them to see like some half naked woman with her booty shaking in their face. Like I'm like, no. And I just feel like I get the Super Bowl, like it's all about like the ads and the money and all of that stuff. But I'm like, you guys know this is a family event. You, There's no way around it. Like your kids are going to be with you. So just kind of like, come on. I know. Make and I it. feel like people think I'm a prude, but I do remember thinking, ooh. <laughs> <that year>. yeah. <laughs> Cover the eyes. I mean, I guess it's like consider your audience I guess is the is my thing consider the audience and like basically anybody can watch that it's on national national you know television totally um okay which to some people might say well just don't let your kids watch it then but you know I get there's an argument for either way but it really how do you do that like if my because for us it's like you're all watching together event yeah, like we make like fun food, you know, like so many people do. So it's kind of like, how do you tell your kids to like go in the other room? Like, I know. Excuse me. You can't watch this right now. <laughs> um, okay. What is the best, most recent book you've read? Ooh, you. And if you want me to send this to you, because I, I'm in the feeling this is, oh, sorry for everybody listening. It's um, Katie Couric's new book called Going There. And I. Um, she dishes, I mean, doesn't I, she? She does dish, but I loved it because she talks about her whole life story and like how she got into journalism and just the barriers that she had to overcome as a woman then and like all everything from like working for the Today Show for so long and moving on just so much. Um, and I I read it when we were on our trip during um, Christmas, New Year's. And, and I, I, I read it in like a day and a half. So it's like brand new and I hate to just have it on my shelf. So if you want, I will okay. send it to you. <laughs> it's Katie Couric <laughs> going there. It was so good. Okay. Um, really quick. You tell everybody like you worked in like voiceover work for a while. Yeah. Thank you for asking. I feel like I haven't talked about that in a long time. Um, so yes, in the, to make a long story short, um, I got out of college and I was kind of like a little bit directionless because I decided not to go to law school, which is what I thought I was going to do. And so and then I was kind of standing there going, what am I going to do with this degree? And I'm not going to law school. So I ended up working in the entertainment industry, which probably every college <laughs> post college grad does in, in L.A. And I ended up working at ABC Entertainment. In, on the network side in marketing and advertising for quite some years, which was such a great experience. I learned so much. Um, I mean, you know, I was there when we launched shows like Grey's Anatomy and Desperate Housewives, like during that time. And so it was really cool to be on that side of it to like launch these shows and see them fail or succeed. Um, anyway, I 
quickly decided that I did not want to be a network executive. I didn't want to live that life. And I don't know, I just, the whole Hollywood thing, I just, I wasn't really into that. So then I was like, now what am I going to do? And I had done a little bit of voiceover as a kid. And so I went back to school. I went to UCLA Extension and I took some classes and it kind of started from there. And then I got an agent and started um, auditioning. And since, you know, then I've done like, gosh, over a hundred commercials. I've done one animated series and, um, and I loved it. I loved it. I was definitely living that life though. Like where I was still working at one point at ABC and like literally like leaving the office, rushing to an audition, auditioning. It's cause voiceover, it doesn't matter what you look like. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to have a makeup or hair or whatever going in the booth, auditioning and like jumping in my car and going back to work. Um, so I did that for a long time. And then I did it for a little while with kids. Like I would have a baby and I'd be in the booth with like a baby, <laughs> like auditioning and all this stuff. Um, and it was interesting. I mean, I definitely like, that's a whole, like, I mean, I, I definitely went through some interesting things with the industry. Um, it was definitely a good experience for the most part. There was definitely some things that I felt like I got typecast for mm. where they would bring me in for stuff um, because of how I looked, but I didn't necessarily sound how you they were, what they were looking for, but they were like, oh, well, you look this way, so come in for this part. But I'm like, I'm not gonna get this part because I don't sound like that, unfortunately. So we went through this. <laughs> That's I've never talked terrible. It, well, it was, yeah, it was an interesting period because I actually went through this part where this little period of time where I tried to change how I sounded naturally, uh-huh. how my voice normally sounds, just because I wanted to be able to compete for these parts and it just wasn't working. Like I just didn't sound authentic. And I was like, I just want to be me. Like, this is how I sound. Like I've always sounded like this and like, this is my voice. So it does, with the great thing about voiceover is that you can play any role mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what you look like. So I went through that a little bit and I kind of got a little discouraged and a little upset in the, in the business a little bit. Um, but it's changed so much now because you still have to go in to see an agent, but you can do so much from home, so much in your closet and it, no one sees what you look what you look like and and all of those things. Um, so I don't know. I might I actually had a, an old agent friend call me and and audition for a couple things like a month ago. And oh, I was you like, did? Maybe, yeah, I was like, maybe this is a sign. Maybe I should go back go back down that road. So we'll see. What's the if you had to pick like one part that you did that's like fun or cool or that you have great memory from? What would it be? Oh my gosh. I did a couple of commercials for Walt Disney World. Okay. For Disney. Um uh, they were they were like national commercials for Disney. It was like the wonderful wor- wonderful world of Disney and it was like this little princess girl and it was an animated something and I had to do the voiceover for the little girl. And that was like so in my element. Like I love stuff like that. Um so I loved that. I did a bunch of McDonald's commercials, which that was really fun. I really wanted to go, the, the, the direction that I really wanted to go was animation. Like if I could pick anything, like I just wanted, my ultimate goal would be like, even if I just had a teeny part in an animated film or or a series, 
that was my sub three hour marathon yeah. type of you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I could so see your voice being in like, we just watched Sing 2. Like, you could so be one of the characters on Sing 2. I I love that movie so much. And I was just looking at like the the names, like the, the people who are playing the characters. And some of them I had no, like they're super famous. I had no idea that's who was playing. You know, like Reese Witherspoon is one of the characters. I think she's um, the pig mom. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I can imagine that would be like the Super Bowl of a voiceover or the sub three hour marathon of it. Yes, for sure. It's an interesting industry because a lot of those celebrities are not trained voice actors, but they bid that they're but they're actors and they get the part because they are. Reese oh, for sure. You know, which so is kind of annoying. Yeah, you you're competing against that. But there's a lot of voiceover actors who are super successful in the industry that literally li- make their living off of all the supporting parts. Uh huh. Um, and the starring, you know, role in an animated series on like Nickelodeon or something like that. So if you get if you get blessed to have that, you're you're kind of set. I mean, and then. Of course, like the Simpsons um, cast, people like that, which is like winning the lottery. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, you know, all the nitty gritty of it. That's for sure. Um, Yeah. I didn't even know Matthew McConaughey is like Buster Moon. And Glenn was like, how did you not know that Matthew McConaughey was Buster Moon? I'm like, I don't know. I just I didn't recognize his voice. (laughs) And Buster Moon, I don't know. Do your kids watch Sing? So we saw the first one. I can't wait to see Sing 2. So good. It's so good. Uh, I'm waiting to buy it because right now you can only rent it and it's like 25 bucks to rent. And I'm like, no, I'm going to buy it. Uh, but we I we saw it in the theater. I took all four of the boys and it was really good. Mm, I can't wait. Um, okay. What is your last message to leave with the audience today? You're never to anything to be everything you ever wanted. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. Don't stand in your own way. Go live this gorgeous, beautiful life. And I know that sounds so like starry eyed, but honestly, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, this is your chance, girl. Go do something good because you're going to at one point look back and say, why didn't I take advantage of that? And if I fall on my face, so what? I just get up and start all over again. So just don't stand in your own way. Oh, it's so good. Thank you, Nat. Thank you, Lindsay. This has been such a blast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Nat, for sharing your story. That was way too fun. You all can find everything we talked about in the show notes. When you go to sandyboyproductions.com and you click on the All Have Another tab, you can get signed up to join our newsletter. And I just email you the show notes every single week with links to the books, anything we talked about. So that can just be delivered to your inbox. That way, if you're out for a run or doing whatever, you don't have to stop and write something down if you want to make sure you remember it. So make sure you get signed up for our newsletter there. You can learn more about the show when you go to sandyboyproductions.com and and look at the archives. We have over 360 episodes there. That's a brand new website that I'm really proud of. Um, Part of our podcast network here. Uh, I also have a parenting podcast called Why Is Everyone Yelling? which I think I've said 25 times this morning already. Um, check that out at sandyboyproductions.com. You can find Nat on Instagram. She is Nat Runs Far. Don't forget to check out her podcast, Sweet Run. And you can find me personally on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine 626 We have a great Facebook group as well that we'd love to have you join us at. Uh, it's just called I'll Have Another Podcast in Groups. 
All right, friends, have a great weekend. Have a great Friday. And as always, I will see you next Friday.